0: Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the JTandthedon or email them at JTandthedon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys.
1: Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Dawn. I am the Dawn, Donato Vucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, and whatever platform you find and listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And please leave us a five star review as this is our last episode of the calendar year 2021. We want to wish all of you a happy new year to you and your families and thank you for listening to us for one more year now let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT Jimmy Thompson how you feeling today
0: hmm I don't know is this the are you gonna change your niceness level to me in 2022 because if not if you're expecting the same level of treatment next year as you did this year I don't know if I'm really feeling that too 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 happy about that but I mean, I'm stuck with you. I got to do this show with you. So I'm, I'm under contract for another couple of years. So, I mean, here we are.
1: For how you act and behave toward me, I don't think I could get any nicer on how I treat you during, oh, you can the, always episode, get nicer.
0: during the episode. You can, also, you can always get nicer. You can say things like, hey, JT, you know, you're brilliant. You know what you're talking about. Or you could just, you know, talk less. That's always a nice thing. You know, we, I'll send over a list of things you can do nicer next year.
1: But why would I lie to the audience and say, hey, good point, JT, when it's not a good point most of the time? Like, why would I lie?
0: All right. We're going to see about that today. So, but
1: anyway, before you see the difference between you and I, you're on a multi-year guaranteed contract. I'm episode by episode contract. So well, that's what, you well, could that's be what nice. They, and that's what you they could,
0: do with, that's what they do with talented people. You know, they lock them into long-term. Deals. See, there you and go. Then, you know, the practice so you're squad not guys, so guys, nice. You, know, you, got, you got to it, call for that 53 man roster.
1: You're not so nice. You're not so nice. You could go to the board of trustees and say, Hey, let's lock them up long-term But you don't want to do that. Anyway, what what do we got on tap today?
0: All right. So, you know, we can't have an end of year show without talking about college football, especially the playoffs. So you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. The playoffs feature two great matchups with starting with Cincinnati and Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. And then, of course, it's going to wrap up with Michigan against Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Uh, There's a lot of anticipation, as always. So we'll get you ready for the games with this segment. Uh, First of all, Don, I want to ask you this. Give me your top storylines from each semifinal game and what will people be focused on or what should they be focused on based on what you see with these two matchups?
1: Yeah, so I think the storyline looking at Alabama Cincinnati first is can Cincinnati help the future of group of five teams playoff chances by just hanging with Alabama? If this is a 28 point blowout, you're going to hear that same old song. This is why group of five shouldn't be in the playoffs, especially a 14 playoff. But if they can hang and they can keep it four to seven points and really look competitive, I think moving forward, any undefeated group of five team is going to always point to this game. So, or if they win, well, or if they win, I mean, well, of course, if they win, then it opens up possibly the floodgates, but it's that they should go in with the Rocky Balboa mentality oh, in terms <laughs> in terms of what he said going into the first fight against Apollo Creek. I just want to go the distance. If you go the distance with Alabama and you take it down to the last minute, you're within a touchdown. You have the ball or Alabama has to kick a last second field goal. You have made it. Um, you so, know what?
0: You know what? I'm glad you brought up that analogy. See, if I'm Cincinnati, I don't want to go in with the Rocky Balboa from the first Rocky mentality. I want the Rocky from Creed mentality. Look, I know this is a giant. I'm going in. I want to beat pretty Ricky Collins. Like, that's what I want. Like, we're going to come up with a game plan because we can beat this person. We think they're overrated. If you're going to use the Rocky analogy, that's the Rocky I want to show up for Cincinnati.
1: But this is way more Apollo Creed
0: Rocky of Rocky 1 than, you know, Adonis Creed (laughs) against... I would, I would argue it's probably more Adonis because, I mean, coming out of nowhere, nobody knows who this guy is, you know, like, they it, it's, it's a it's a real wild card rather than, like, total inexperience like the first Rocky.
1: Well, eh, it depends. A lot of people didn't know Rocky either. They literally pulled him off the book. But anyway, <laughs> the, the O-line of Cincy, can they control the line of scrimmage against the Bama 7? That's going to dictate whether this is a blowout or not. And then... The the other thing you want to focus on is Jamison Williams in the receiving core of Bama versus Sauce Gardner, a great name, and Thorpe Award winner Kobe Bryant, another, you know, another great sports name. That's gonna be huge because if Williams runs loose, good night. So, but if those corners step up, then it's gonna be really, really interesting.
0: Shout out to Kobe Bryant, who's not – his name is not spelled the same way as Kobe right. Bryant, but he's going to change his name to his number to eight for the playoffs. I read that somewhere, so that's pretty cool. So those are your two that you're going with? Those are the two storylines well, that people should pay attention to? Well,
1: that's the Bama-Cincy game. I'll let you go first, and then I've got a Michigan-Georgia
0: storyline. All right, so I have one for the for the Bama-Cincy game, and I know this is probably just – playing it safe but I really think it's going to come down to this can Desmond Ritter outduel Bryce Young and we know Young has the Heisman you know he's been possibly the best quarterback in college football all season but Ritter is the type of dark horse quarterback with he has enough big game experience that I don't know you were talking about you know can Cincinnati prove that they belong in this big you know kind of David versus Goliath moment I want to know if Desmond Ritter can have his, his Manziel moment, you know, can he go in as the underdog, you know, the team is talented and can they slay this giant in Bama? And I think that's what it's going to come down to is the moment too big for Desmond Ritter. Cause I know it's not too big for Bryce young, but it's going to be those two, which one has the better game and which one makes the most mistakes.
1: Great point. Great point. Um, looking at Michigan, Georgia, then it's basically kind of what you said. I look at it as the storyline is, in my opinion, Stetson Bennett. Can he make the plays when Georgia needs him to? And that's not he doesn't need to
0: make a ton of plays. He, he should not do the Georgia quarterback <laughs> thing. <Can laughs> he, you he, just can you do the Aaron Murray? Can you do? can you do the normal Georgia quarterback thing? Just do enough to not mess it up for us. Can he be Jake Fromm?
1: Right. He He should not be throwing the ball 40 to 50 times. But on those third and six, third and seven plays that can extend the drive right around midfield at their own 35 or so, can he make those plays? Because it's going to be hard to run on the Michigan defense on third and seven, third and eight. That's when Stetson Bennett needs to come up. And Kirby Smart said Stetson Bennett is our starter. But JT, interestingly, he did not rule out
0: JT Daniels,
1: JT Daniels would not play at all. So he he didn't, I know that's a double negative there, but basically what he's saying is hey, I may have a quicker hook or or throw JT in a little sooner than I did um for Stetson Bennett during the SEC championship game. So I think there's some doubt there. But what you need to watch out for is the Michigan run offense, ninth in the country in rushing yards per game versus the Georgia defense, which was the number one scoring defense and second in total defense. So jordan davis we know all about him that's really going to be the storyline because if michigan can run on them it's over but if georgia can shut that run michigan has to find other ways to move the ball
0: you know it's funny that we're i mean obviously we're taking the boring route when we're talking about quarterbacks and it's funny you brought up the whole boxing analogy first this is the same thing and i agree with you 100 i think it's the quarterback situation for georgia and you know you're always saying style makes points style makes fights right right so basically for George, it will be this. Is this going to be a Jake Fromm 2.0 situation? And the reason I say that is, we all know this. If Kirby Smart at some point in the past would have turned to either Justin Fields or Jacob Eason, they probably have a national championship by now. I think they would have at least one. And I feel like they're doing the same thing again with this quarterback. And I'm glad you brought up JT Daniels because he's in my notes. I feel like with JT Daniels, like his skill set fits perfectly for what they need to do and not only in this game but in the case that they have to play bama again he has the skills and the tools that are designed for a shootout and like he gives them the upside to win a national championship so it's going to come down to if they don't play him at all can the quarterback they're going to go with can bennett do enough to not lose the game for them and i'm not sure that he can but that's what it's going to come down to if they lose this game against Michigan it's because that quarterback couldn't do enough whereas you said they're going to enter JT Daniels potentially I think they just need to go with him for the whole playoffs and just you know roulette just live or die by the guy who has the higher upside yeah but Ben has been the guy all year JT Daniels could be rusty if you go if you go out with JT it's the Jake Fromm situation like you're basically putting all the pressure on your defense to hold this down this Michigan team is not like michigan teams of past years with jim harbaugh like this one's legit like don't blow this chance to go to the national championship because you're scared to take a risk that's that's got georgia in trouble before yeah true all right so you know i always like to get into these things okay so i want two top players in each game that will be grabbing headlines in these semifinal matchups so it could be somebody that's already a star or it could be you know somebody that maybe under the radar that because of the matchup will become a big time name. So who are two guys from each game that you're looking at?
1: I'm looking at the stars. You got to look at the stars in these games. So that I'm Alabama, have to. I, I do that Alabama game. I'm looking at two guys on Alabama. Jameson Williams with no matchy. Can he step up seven catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns versus that Georgia defense. So I'm looking at him. If he has a big day, again, it's gonna
0: be
1: like if he has a big day, it's gonna be a long day for Cincinnati. If he doesn't, Bryce Young's gonna have to figure out his other weapons. And then, of course, Will Anderson Jr. on the other side, outside linebacker of Alabama, the Bronco Nagurski trophy winner. He is going, he's he's a game wrecker, right? He's one of those guys that Peyton Manning says is a game wrecker. He uses that term. I use that term for Will Anderson, Jr. Cincinnati needs to know where he's at at all times. So look for those two guys in that game to be the storylines come uh, come Saturday morning. And then in that Georgia, Michigan, we talked about one of them already, already. Stetson Bennett. Again, can he bounce back from the SEC title game? Can he make those plays? Can he play mistake free with Hutchinson and Ajabo in his face, possibly a long time? Um, or all game and then on the flip side let's go to the other quarterback Michigan Cade McNamara I know Hassan Haskins had a huge game against Ohio State they're not gonna gash this Georgia team the way they did Ohio State so what that
0: the we way hope, I, we hope because Georgia's <laughs> defense was supposed to be this all-time great defense and it wasn't the case against Alabama so we're, are Are they going to bounce back? Are we going to find out if this Georgia team is legit or have they just been beating up on overrated SEC teams all year?
1: I believe that Michigan will, will be able to run the ball a little bit, but not enough to win. And in these games where you have offenses that are questionable, really strong defense, it comes up to which offense plays mistake-free and which one can make just enough of those plays to win. So is it going to be Stetson Bennett or Cade McNamara. I would lean right now toward Cade McNamara. I think he can be more efficient and he can make those plays on third down, um, especially with Haskins out of the backfield to check downs. They also have, um, I believe, um, the other running back who had a big game against Ohio State. His name's escaping my mind. He came back from injury, but who will it be? One of those two guys, JT?
0: Yeah, I agree with you on Williams at wide receiver. I think with Mechie out with the ACL injury, I mean, you, you, I remember you texted me against him when he played in the Georgia game. You're like, man, this dude's fast. Like, Bama does it again. They're just, they have another freakish wide receiver one just in the tool shed just for a rainy day. And this time it's Williams. So I do think he's going to be a guy in this game that grabs headlines. And I think in this playoffs, he's going to make himself a millionaire, especially with Mechie out. So I agree with you on that. And then I know I'm kind of, shooting myself in the foot and hedging my bets I think this game is going to come down to that matchup and the guy that's lined up across him is Ahmad Sauce Gardner the cornerback from Cincy who you know me I like big tall defensive backs that are just like freak athletes he's 6'3 200 pounds and like can he at least slow down Williams I think he can and I think he's one of those guys that when you look at the numbers he's really been kind of like a like hidden in plain sight hasn't allowed a touchdown in his college career. He's been what a three year starter. That's crazy. And if you look at this year, he hasn't allowed more than 20 yards in the game this season. And I think throughout all the snaps that he's played this year, he's averaged, he's only allowed something like 117 total yards, like in his coverage. So what that tells me is, This is a guy that they trust one-on-one on on an island in press coverage like against anybody's top receiver. And when you look at the numbers of when he's lined up by himself one-on-one in that Darrell Revis-type role, his average of yards per snap in one-on-one coverage is the second best in college football since 2014. So if he can handle Jameson Williams or slow him down or, you know, he gets lucky and he shuts him down, like he'll be a millionaire too. So I feel like that matchup between those two guys in that game is pretty much going to determine because if Williams is torching him, that means Bryce Young is having a good day. If Gardner is slowing down or affecting Williams to where it's a problem, the whole Alabama offense could struggle. So I think those two guys will determine this. This is the interesting thing. You actually did research there. I, that, oh, yeah. I, I, I applaud you for that. That was good numbers They're seeing my face. I don't want them to, you know, you can't look bad you know the guy that doesn't do his homework because you're always talking bad about me so yeah i I had to pick up a book and you know read an article this time but you can't you can't look you can't look bad like you normally do against me i will say this though what did booby miles say man this is god-given i just got to show up but this is the thing do those corners travel meaning
1: will they go one-on-one with a specific receiver or just whoever comes to their side because then if i'm alabama From what I hear, since he doesn't always travel,
0: they don't do the shadow treatment, but correct. So now if
1: I'm Alabama, I take that. I use that to my advantage. Put Williams in the slot, move them, put them in motion. If you're going to shut down my other receivers, you can't shut down all of them.
0: Well, I will say this. If Mechie was still in this game, it probably would be tougher. But I think who's the other receivers and weapons outside of Williams that like really could take, I know it's Bama. somebody. But that's the thing, right? Devontae, you go
1: back to Devontae Smith. I mean, These guys, the the only difference is they don't have experience, but you know they're four and five stars that can run, that can catch, and they're going to be well prepared because they've had a whole month. So Saban's going to have them
0: ready. All right. So uh, you kind of stole my thunder with uh, the uh, Michigan-Georgia game. I do think it's going to be Adrian Hutchinson's, who's probably going to be the top pick in the draft. So can he wreak havoc on third down and obvious passing situations against Stetson Bennett? And you saw in the Georgia game, like Bennett really struggles in pressure situations where the front seven does like all these exotic looks pre-snap. Like I don't think he's really good pre-snap because I think Georgia's offensive play calling is really mechanical. You know, it's like, you know, we do this, we, we, we run the ball. Like I think if Jim Hall Barnett defense gets creative the way Bama did in that sec championship game, I think you're going to see Stetson Bennett struggle. And I think, Adrian Hutchinson is better than any pass rusher that Bama had, so it could be much worse. So definitely want to look at him as a person that's probably going to make a storyline because I think he's going to really, really give the Georgia offense trouble. And then I look at Georgia's tight end, uh, Brock Bowers, very athletic, probably one of the most athletic tight ends in the country. And if Michigan's defense has one weakness, I think it's covering athletic guys in the middle of the field. I mean the defense is really good, but if you look at um what was the game they played? I think it was against Nebraska, where like they were just killing them in the middle of the field. And that would that ended up being a shootout. So I don't think Michigan is a these both these teams aren't built to win shootouts. But I think the this potential player could get them in the shootout if Georgia catches fire. And I think they'll have problems covering him.
1: All right. So Let's stick with football, but let's go to the pro version, JT. This past Tuesday, the NFL and the NFL PA agreed to modify their joint COVID 19 protocols by cutting the standard isolation period after a positive t- test for asymptomatic individuals from 10 days to five days, regardless. Ooh, that's re- a hell of a cut. <laughs> but this is the big part, JT, regardless of vaccination status.
0: Mm.
1: There are other qualifications a player must meet prior to being cleared to play after the initial positive test. Now, other updated protocols include meetings um, are only permitted outdoors or in a practice bubble while practicing social distancing, mandatory masks indoors, a maximum of 15 players in the weight room, and individuals are not permitted to eat together. So my first question, JT, is the NFL correct in altering these protocols?
0: If it's for profit, absolutely, because they're going to have to reschedule less games, more big-time players are going to be playing, the matchups are going to be as close to the way they should be as possible. If it's for player safety, no. I mean, like we all know people that have caught COVID. Like I know people that have caught COVID and then they're, they feel fine and then 10 days later they're still testing positive, which means if they're testing positive, it's still a chance that you can spread it to other people. So I just don't see how, especially if well, unvaxxed and vaxxed, I feel like is irrelevant at that point, but especially if you're unvaccinated, I don't understand how you can catch COVID on Monday and then by Friday, just because you don't feel sick, it just means that you're able to play and come back to the facility. So I don't think for player safety it's a good thing, but I'm pretty sure there's some language in the with the players' union, like, hey, look, like we're gonna shorten this window for return, but we're gonna also lessen the liability on NFL's end.
1: Well, the thing is. I believe there is the presumption they still need to test negative eventually. Yeah, so they can test positive, be asymptomatic, but after five days of isolation, if on that fifth day whether you're vaccinated or not, if it comes back negative, you're good to go. So yeah, I would I would feel you safe still
0: need to be testing negative. You can't yeah, just yeah, show I, up I, I would feel after five days. That, if it was a vaccinated player that can come back for five days, but I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens because I think what they're setting it up for is. I think they're really honing in on, of course, like you said, the negative test because you can't beat that. But I think they're really honing in on they if players aren't sick, they're 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 putting the narrative out there that they're not at risk to to spread it to other people. So, like if you're if you're if you test positive on Tuesday, you come back you're negative, like or you're asymptomatic. Like I think they they say as long as you're not sick, they don't feel bad about it.
1: Well, the thing is, the change in protocols were made in accordance with the new guidelines the BBC, from, yeah. from the CDC. So like, I mean, who am I to disagree with the CDC? So who are we to
0: go against the CDC? Yeah. Right? So
1: if the, if the CDC says it's fine, I think the NFL is fine with altering, you know, these changes and requirements. And listen, it goes back to what you said initially, they are protecting the money of that the budget. shield of the shield money of the shield. So how will this affect the upcoming playoffs?
0: Oh, that's easy. It won't, because it'll be the same thing. Like we it agree. Was we year. agree. <laughs> it'll be the same thing like it was last year. We had we had COVID outbreaks last year. Games were canceled. They were moved around. Then we got to the playoffs and then everybody was just, you know, 100 percent immunity. Nobody tested positive. And then what has been going on last year and this year, the elite quarterbacks and the elite skill position players, they'll never test positive. I don't I don't know why that is. We'll, but we'll, we'll get
1: to we'll get to that. We'll get to uh, that. But but I agree with you in terms of it it won't change anything. It won't affect the playoffs. And that is why the NFL felt it was necessary. right? Right. From a competitive balance. Come playoff time, the competitive balance will be equal. So, for example, what I mean, Mahomes, if he has no symptoms, he tests positive on Monday, he'll be able to go Saturday or Sunday.
0: The day, Mahomes, the day Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady test positive during the season, we'll know it's for real. Like, we'll know this is, like, it, legit protocols.
1: But the other thing, too, is, though, half of these teams, we've seen it where teams need to move games to Tuesday or Wednesday. That won't be true anymore because of the five days, testing negative. They can keep the games on Sunday. So you're not going in there with practice squad players. So I, I think you're right. It will not affect the playoffs. It'll keep the competitive balance equal. Now – I know this is a JT type question because you already alluded to it as yeah, well. Come on, you, bro, you love
0: you you love your. Think, cons- you don't think this is going on at all. Hold, hold on, you love your conspiracy theories, do you not? In I sports. do. You do. And you, okay. And you know what? You know what? I'm not gonna let you just throw me throw me under the bus and you know you get to walk off to the side. You you. I'm walking are, off with always, the headset. You like to hedge your bets. You you're always like you know what. That's a conspiracy theory, but, like, it has legitimate legs to it. And, like, you like to, like, go in and, like, go down a rabbit hole, too. So don't act, like, you know, if I present this as a potential situation, you're like, you know what? That's really interesting. Let's discuss this.
1: This is your question. Let me read it. Do you think the NFL – and you can answer first. Do you think the NFL is being honest about COVID results when it comes to superstar, the superstar players, considering there have been no positive tests for superstar QBs like Brady and Mahomes – with the exception of Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I, I I do think they're they're not being honest about it. And for a couple of reasons, one, because that hasn't happened like in the two years that they that we've had to deal with COVID in the NFL. I've never seen a superstar quarterback test positive sans Aaron Rodgers or an elite skill position player. You know, what I mean, so. I, the quarterbacks to me tells me everything you need to know. Like they, they move games because quarterbacks aren't available. Like if elite quarter, like if, like if Patrick Mahomes was in uh, COVID protocols last week, they would have moved that game. So the fact that it was just Kelsey and Tyreek and then they cleared it, Tyreek clear, cleared it, but Kelsey didn't clear. It, so I don't know how that happens, but I think that tells me that they're probably maybe a, a, a underlying hidden rule that for the superstar quarterbacks we might you know look the other way but then you look at the whole antonio brown situation and this is what i'm being serious about he got caught for having a fake vax card and you know he it obviously came out in a lawsuit that he was having a lawsuit dispute he was having with somebody that used to work for him but the guy basically said look his vaccination card is fake he's bragging about it nfl investigated it. it turned out to be turned out to be true and then if you remember when that story broke, what did Bruce Arians come out and say? Bruce Arians came out and said, "Oh, this is definitely going on in NFL. It's not just us. Like this is the this is going on." So that has nothing to do with positive tests, but it does. If the you're NFL not
1: can't control who has a re- fake it does, card, or not. It
0: does. It does if you're not reporting it. Like, are, so so, what are the quarter? What is how, how Mahomes, would you know if a so card ask, is fake? So so, answer this question: What is Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and all the uh, Josh Allen? hope he doesn't test positive i need him this week but what are those guys doing it's always, it's always about you in fantasy see like you're like oh this is it and then oh you know what? Let, what let's let's av- show let's, ag- let's ignore everything but saying, else but like, like, what are the top 5 to 6 quarterbacks in the league doing that, that nobody else is doing because on the defensive side superstars test you know, positive all i'll time. Tell,
1: i'll tell you why they're in the QB room with less people do the math you always tell me that do the math do the math on that. He's in he's in a QB room with less people. And the QBs, as far as I know, in that room have, ne- have not tested positive. And the other thing, too, is how do you explain the Aaron Rodgers one? And you talk about skill position. Travis Kelsey is. They're fighting for a number one seed. He didn't play against the Steelers. Jalen Ramsey two weeks ago. Those guys were Def, fighting saying, for their defense, playoffs.
0: Defense. He defense didn't play. He didn't rarely, play. Rarely you see. How do you explain?
1: Football? How do you explain Dalvin Cook last week and Dalvin Cook this week? They are fighting for their playoff slides He is clearly their best offensive weapon.
0: We're at the. He's out. The se- we're at the end of the season. Kelsey tyreek and dalvin cook last week was, was the first time i really seen okay. superstar offensive players but, but, but again there's so
1: few there's so few superstars you're acting like there's but a million here's, of them.
0: Here's, here's the thing here's the thing you're seeing guys around them test positive like the superstar offensive players like i get it like you know it's less it's more exposure because they're around more people so like you might see that start to happen with a little bit more frequency going forward but here's the thing like don't act like quarter people that are that are in quarterback rooms haven't tested positive before. Like Minnesota, 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 Minnesota had, had their quarterbacks test positive for COVID, but where's Kirk Cousins? Like, you know, what I mean, like, I just want like you're telling me at some point Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are testing positive for COVID in the same week, and you're trying to say Patrick Mahomes isn't around them at all? Like, how is he not? How is he not, you know, there's not a scare, you know what I mean? Same thing last year when you saw when you saw Patrick Mahomes talk to Stefan Gilmore like after the game, they were close contact. Like New England had a COVID outbreak that like the like the day later, and then Mahomes didn't didn't even test positive. So either they're really, really lucky or the NFL's just saying, like, look, like we this game goes as far as these, you know, top six I, to eight guys. I feel like you're them.
1: picking, you're picking and choosing. Again, how do you explain the Aaron Rodgers one?
0: I don't under the Aaron Rodgers one might have been. A situation where they couldn't hide it, but I, I don't know. Like, like you said, it's a conspiracy theory. Like, I just, I, I, didn't feel, I, feel, I didn't say it I was. I didn't say it was. I said it is. I'm going to trust the NFL. I, I believe much, the NFL. I would feel much more trustworthy if I saw superstar quarterbacks test positive because they're around other people that are positive. Like, how can all your receivers and skill position players test positive, but like you don't even have a scare? Unless, um, 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 unless, like you said, like. They're just not around them at all, which I find that hard to believe. You got to practice five days a week. You're but in the huddle with them, but
1: like, but they're but they're outdoors. That's limited time. Even in the huddle, that's limited time. I mean, so you
0: so you so you don't think there's anything going on with that
1: in terms of like a conspiracy theory? Yeah, I, I, I believe the, the NFL I is being that, honest. That,
0: no, that nobody tested positive in last year's playoffs, but Tom Brady tested positive immediately after the Super Bowl.
1: But but it's happened all the time. We just saw it the other week where. Nick Sirianni, he coached that that um, that Monday night game or the Tuesday night game against Washington. He See, woke they don't up. they not even
0: know. There's games he, every night.
1: He said he woke up the next day and wasn't feeling good. But he obviously must not have tested positive the day before, or two days before. Like, I, all I'm saying is you've got to believe what is being reported. Well, well, what is being reported well, let me, let me in ask, terms of positive tests. And we'll some of it, JT. If you would say teams are covering it up, okay, maybe. But I don't know. Once the lab gets the positive result, does it go back to the team? Does it go to the player? Does it go to the NFL? I think, we don't I think know.
0: There, I think there's two two things, and then we'll then we'll move on. One, I think if there is a cover I think it's at the NFL level. It's at the top. Like I don't think it's the teams. That's saying that's
1: whew, they're they're playing with fire.
0: You you, 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 you you've seen the NFL be crew with more. And then here's here's another question. Let's say like. Next year, all right, COVID continues to to do what it's doing now or the situation gets worse. And let's say in three years, the only superstar quarterback that has tested positive was Aaron Rodgers one time. Are you going to start to be like, "Hmm, maybe? Or are you going to be like, that's just the way it is. I don't think there's any foul play.
1: You can always question it. I I have no issue with that. You can always question it. But again, you're talking elite quarterbacks. There's like four right now because you're not putting... There's
0: like five or six.
1: Elite, elite, elite. Yeah, Tom Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Josh Allen. Who are the other two you're gonna put? Lamar, uh, Russell Wilson, L- Lamar, Lamar, Lamar. He tested positive twice. It not just happened season, to be during the off. Not during the
0: season. Okay, off-season. because
1: maybe because Baltimore is like, hey, you need whatever you're doing during the offseason, cut it out during the during the season. Has,
0: he has had. This is the funny thing. You know how we always talk about in basketball when they have the the injury designation of like flu like symptoms that mm-hmm. probably just means they're hungover or whatever like they call these like oh we sent him home with a non covid illness so maybe that's- this is my thing the non covid illness could be maybe it maybe for the superstar quarterbacks they get a positive test and we're going to give them one more day to test negative and then come back and we're going to call it we sent them home with a non covid illness and maybe they can pass the test tomorrow and then we can say, like, hey, they're negative, and then they can come back to practice. I just but but that happens comes, with non-superstar to, a, guys. Yeah, but here's the thing: if the not the, the non-superstars they get that the, that non-COVID illness designation, but they also at some point test positive for COVID, which I understand. Like, look, it's a conspiracy theory. If I go three straight years and, and only one time a superstar quarterback has tested positive, I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. They don't test positive during the season but they could test positive during the off season. So that would be a little strange to me, but you you brought up some good points. Maybe I'm reaching, but I'm just saying, let's just see what happens.
1: Well, that was definitely a JT question. See how hard he was going in the paint for. it. So one last question on this subject. Should the NFL consider a bubble for the playoffs?
0: No, cuz at this point like it's obvious like they don't care about, you know, like the player safety. So, I mean, what's the point? Like Unless you're going to tell me that, you know, Mahomes and all these guys are going to start testing positive in the playoffs, which I don't think they will. So as long as those guys are playing, no, like they don't need to go to a bubble.
1: Well, I don't think so either. And I agree with you. But if I'm if I'm an NFL team. Shouldn't you be considering creating your own bubble, meaning you do it during training camp? Yeah. Go to a really nice hotel, especially if you're either. On the verge of the playoffs, meaning, you know, you need these or next two or, or right. Or you're all you're just fighting for seating at this point. If you go in this week, OK, saying, hey, we, we had Christmas last week. Now we're in this week. Even if you go from this week to the Super Bowl, that's like six weeks. Like you can do six weeks away from family, away from friends because you now know, hey, the maximum time is six weeks. But that's really good because that means we're in the Super Bowl because the Steelers could go in the bubble, their own bubble now, not make the playoffs. And they're out in two weeks. Not a big deal. Right. Obviously, if there's emergencies with family, hey, you've got to go. You've got to get out. the bubble. But if I'm a team, it's no different than training camp. You go for a whole month in in. Especially the Steelers, it's they like would go to see- like 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 yeah. Dallas,
0: like they go to California, like they're exactly they're in an enclosed place, like they're, exactly they're isolated from the public. I agree with you. Like I think who is it, Michael Irvin, that brought this up at the beginning of the season? Like, look, if you're all in on winning the Super Bowl, like one, you should have a 100 vaccination rate as a team, like because that gives you a competitive edge because you're you're more likely to be available more than teams that have lower team vax rates. And then, of course, if you're all in, like why not go zero dark 30 we're in a bubble for six weeks max we're focused we're locked in like no outside distractions no outside noise like everything is focused we're focused on staying healthy and we're focused on winning a super bowl so yeah i I, if i was a team i would absolutely do that because like if i'm if i'm the bucks i'm like look i got brady at the helm i know this is gonna go over well in the locker room like and if he's like we're locked in for six weeks no outside contact everybody would sleep at his house to make that happen yeah yep All right, so you're talking about Brady, Mahomes, Rodgers, so it's like no way we can get around a conversation about the MVP. So we only have two weeks remaining in the NFL season. And uh, as we're doing this recording, I feel like it's – in in the scheme of things in the public, like it can go to anybody. There's a couple of guys there at the top. But if everything were to happen today, like who would get your vote for MVP? So Vegas says – Aaron Rodgers
1: is the favorite, minus one hundred and fifty. Brady is next at plus five hundred. That's a big gap. That's a there. big gap. That's a big gap. Third, I'm going to go with the guy that's in third, and I want to say this: this is if we had a vote, which I think the NFL should give us as part of the the media should give us an MVP vote. Why don't we have one, JT? But we should. Anyway, I'm going to
0: make votes like this. That's why we don't have I'm going
1: to I'm going to vote for JT, not you, but the real JT, Jonathan Taylor. All right. He has over sixteen hundred rushing yards with a average carry of five point five yards, sixteen touchdowns add thirty six more catches, three hundred thirty six more yards for two touchdowns in the air.
0: It's Jonathan Taylor. They started off zero and three. This was a fantasy football show, but anyway, go ahead. They started
1: off zero and three to one and four. Now nine and six. And JT, even you've got to admit that. No, he's a stud. He's a Hold stud, on. and you've no, been no. watching hard enough to HBO,
0: you, clearly. So you're you're all in.
1: But even you've got to admit this is not a scary passing game. It's not a scary offense. So I understand the Packers have. Aaron Rodgers and without him we saw what they are without him they're not very good but can you imagine at least the Packers still have a Devontae Adams they still have a defense that can keep them in games which I know the Colts can too but you've got Aaron Jones A.J. Dillon you've got Scantling you've got Lazard you go to the Colts you take Jonathan Taylor out even though I think both of us respect Naheem Hines JT, this team probably without Jonathan Taylor this year, after starting zero and three, are probably three and twelve, four and eleven oh. at four and Wait, eleven me, at best. So it's
0: question. Jonathan Taylor; he's what's, the MVP. What's Indy's record right now?
1: Nine and six. Were well, you not Nine paying attention?
0: Nine and six, right? You weren't paying six. attention. That's so okay. you're tra- no, I am. I am paying yeah, you attention. Weren't. I, I said it already. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I just want you to repeat it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I just want you to repeat it. Sure. You know, you got your Mario Crystal ball look going on today. So I want you to repeat it. So, nine fun and of my six. hair. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. So, you're, so you're trying to tell me that, let's just say, John, John Taylor's not there at all. Are you trying to tell me with Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and let's say they bring in another veteran running back that's, you know, is serviceable? You're trying to tell me with that defense, that offensive line in that division? That they can't get to seven or eight wins without Jonathan Taylor? No. Like, I, JT, I really find that hard to believe.
1: JT, they started one and four, and then they decided to go back to hard knocks. Then it, then it clipped.
0: Ah. We gotta <laughs> feed this guy. We've got yeah, to feed this I, I guy. Agree. I agree. Jonathan Taylor des- definitely deserves to be in the MVP discussion. Like that's not even the no. He point. is the
1: MVP. I don't. He is the MVP.
0: I don't. He is the MVP. As much, as much as I love JT, and it'll be nice to see it go to a running back, it's Aaron Rodgers. And I feel Wait, like, as much as I don't let me like explain, him. Let me explain this. Oh, you was going to give well, my point, but go ahead. I,
1: I want to give my point before you go to Aaron Rodgers. You put Patrick Mahomes on the Packers. How good are they, JT? About the same, know. right?
0: I don't know. But, but really they're a playoff
1: know. team. Are they not a playoff team? Just please. Just answer it honestly. I don't honestly, know. I, oh I hope they are in that go decision, ahead. but I do Just go with whatever nonsense you know what? you're going to skew. You spew. know what? When people
0: leave, team, I'm, d- I'm we, done. Er, er, go, everybody go ahead and explain it. when he go left ahead. KC, oh, it'll just be Connie and head, Pace. That's a head coach. We're talking
1: about Mahomes, a former MVP know. Super Bowl champ. Okay. The Packers are – people, just so you know, this is the info you're getting from JT. Ma, the Packers are not a playoff team
0: with Patrick Mahomes. If Mahomes this year – in in Green but Bay, but the Chiefs with, are with going. The less weapons, Chiefs... weapons that he had in KC, I don't know. I don't. He know. has in
1: Green Bay. He'd have one less guy. Travis Kelsey. He'd have Devonte Adams in a better run game in Green Bay than Kansas City. And they're the number one seed in the AFC. And you're saying Mahomes would not lead the Packers to at least the playoffs. Oh my. We would see.
0: Go ahead with your nonsense. This is ridiculous. No, but it's gotta be Rodgers. Almost 3,700 yards passing 33 touchdowns to only four interceptions. I mean, that's crazy, but I mean, JT's a JT's a great argument. Like I think him at number three shows a lot of respect that they have for him in Vegas, but you just look at what Rodgers has done this year. Like, They have wins on the road against the Niners, Cincy, Arizona. They also beat the Rams, and they just destroy your Pittsburgh Steelers who can still make the playoffs. Like, that's an impressive resume. And then they did all this after being dismantled on week one against the Saints, 38-3, to when everybody thought their season was over, including us. So I feel like this (laughs) this MVP race shouldn't even be close, which is why you have that big gap between him and Brady is – you want to say like, OK, like if Jonathan Taylor wasn't in Indy, what would their record be? If Aaron Rodgers wasn't in Green Bay this year, they'd probably have nine to ten losses if Jordan Love was their quarterback. And you saw at best what their offense could look like with with uh, with Love as a start in the one game that he played. It's it's like not even close. He's got the stats. He's got the wins. He's got the seating. And you see what life without him would be like this year. And like that's literally the MVP. It checks all the boxes. We can agree to disagree. Is that a, okay, I I admit defeat. Let's move on. No,
1: no. your statement that the Packers, I don't know if they make the playoffs with Mahomes instead of Rodgers. That is is the worst thing you have said. Hold on. That is the worst thing you have said on this show. And you've said some bad things on this show. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, the show still has more time. So we'll see. Maybe I can beat that. But no, I mean, Obviously, I think I'm assuming Mahomes would be able to take his talent to Green Bay and replicate what he's doing in in KC. But you just don't know. Like, like if they took away if they took away Devontae, they just triple teamed him. Like, could Mahomes make it work with the rest of the weapons? I don't know. Like, I just don't know. And he hasn't played great this year. For me to just say like, oh, I can just put him in any team situation with a good receiver and like he's just going to take him to the playoffs. Like, I'm not betting money on that.
1: I don't think any team in the history of the NFL has triple covered a guy. So
0: they did right. that as Martindale.
1: So, so with their win at the saints, this past Monday
0: night, your dolphins, JT, even though you're wearing that atrocious Baltimore Ravens hat. Cause I knew it'll get, it'll make mm-hmm. you feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. See, I'm see, he thinks I'm trying to be mean to him, but I'm literally trying to bring out the best in you in every show. I know this no, not, hat gets you going. You're, you're not you've playing. been savage. You've been going at my throat. All show you're like, oh, this is the worst take you ever make. This is this is just dumb. What you're saying, see, like you're performing better because I'm making you angry. See, you, you are not playing. And you say I don't look out for you.
1: You are not playing some Jedi mind tricks on me. No, that, that's, that's, that's no, no it's your, not. This is
0: one of your best shows you've done in a while.
1: I'm always great on this show. I don't know where you've been. The Dolphins are now eight and seven on the season, and they're riding a seven-game win streak after they started one and seven. The Chiefs who we've mentioned on the show are now 11 and four. Thanks a lot to Patrick Mahomes have won eight games in a row since starting three and four and and having previously been criticized for their play early in the season. So JT leads us to this, have the dolphins or the chiefs been more impressive this season?
0: As much as I want to be happy for my dolphins. And I am happy that we're setting all this records first team to lose to lose six straight and then win six straight and then you know all of a sudden we're back in the playoffs a uh, shout out to brian flores should be coach of the year i don't know where his odds are in vegas but he should be at the top but i mean let's be honest the dolphins we played the texans we beat the jets twice we beat uh mike glennon and the giants we beat old Cam, and we beat fucking ian book <laughs> excuse my language whoa watch the language you would that come excuse from me, excuse me you can put a ten dollars in the swear jar because that's that's our resume of wins, like I'll take them. You know, you got to beat, you can't help who's on a schedule. You got to beat whoever you got to beat. NFL and true good NFL teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And we did, but let's be real it's the Chiefs. I mean, they beat Aaron Rodgers, they beat Justin Herbert, they beat Dak, they beat a good Steelers defense without Kelsey, without Kelsey and Tyreek being 100%. Plus, they won two division games against the Raiders you know, who are also in the playoff hunt. I mean, that resume right there for the Chiefs is impressive. I mean, I don't know if most teams could make it through that gauntlet of teams. Like, to play those quarterbacks, a really good defense, and then a division rival that has been neck and neck with you kind of, you know, like you guys have split the past couple of years. Like, I don't know if any everybody would make it through that gauntlet, and the Chiefs did. So they're definitely way more impressive than my Dolphins.
1: Wow. How do you go against your own team?
0: That's, because when because when they have I'm, a great all, argument it's here, more impressive. I'm. Realistic. But they haven't.
1: Nah, I, I I disagree with you. The Dolphins and what they have done since starting one, you realize one in, like they're breaking all sorts of records. Having oh, we started are. one in seven and now being the number seven seed, like this is crazy. First, you have a coach that's less experienced than the Chiefs' coach, right? So Brian Flores, shout out, great job. I thought you might not have a job with the Dolphins
0: after know, the season, after you started one and I'm seven. I'm so glad we won these games because I don't to want say, us to make a mistake of getting rid of him because least obviously he knows job. what he's doing.
1: Right. So that's one thing. That's why it's impressive. He's still fairly new at being a head coach. Then you have Tua as your QB. This isn't Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, you're a former MVP, former Super Bowl champ. We'll get it figured out. We're only three games in. No, they're eight games in almost halfway through the year with a second year quarterback who a lot of people wanted him out to bring in deshaun watson and I will, I, and you get it this. turned around with a tua i mean I will this is unbelievable this, this is a disney type movie we're building
0: even even though it sounds like I, I was totally discounting our win streak i'm not i'm not fading it 100 here's the thing if you would ask me this question in two weeks and we're 10 and 6 or 10 and 10 and 6 10 and, 10 seven. and 7 10 and 10, 10, 7 if we're 10 and 7 then I would say it's the Dolphins, because to go from one win to 10 wins, and then we have to beat the Patriots and the Titans to close out like the season. Yeah. Those are two obviously really good playoff teams. Then I would say the Dolphins are more impressive. The thing, the only thing separating us for the chiefs is we just don't have the, 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 wins against the big time playoff team. So I feel more, I feel like it's way more impressive what the chiefs are doing and, and they've struggled too. Like I know they haven't, been as bad as the Dolphins, but like they've struggled too. Like people have doubted Mahomes. Like people have doubted right. Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Right. Like are they, are they, are they done? But, as the NFL caught up to them, but so JT, like for them to just go on a tear like this, I mean, but it's it's, it, it's 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 impressive.
1: But it's easier if you're the Chiefs at three and four. Again, you have you have been the like three or four. But, I think four but, straight. Hold, hold on, let, be, let, but let but me hold explain. On, let's,
0: let's be honest. You, you, three three and four for the Chiefs. The way they were playing is I, is. It's, I understand but to, to, to the one and seven. No, no, no. no. It's, it's not because at,
1: at three and four in that division, you knew, it, you knew you knew it would only be the Chargers. And you, this is my whole point. You have that championship pedigree. Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, um, Tyree, Kelsey, Mahomes, Andy Reid, Eric Bienemy, um, spagnola is the, the defensive coordinator. It would have been so easy for the Dolphins, a young team, inexperienced coach, inexperienced quarterback, a fan base that, let's be honest, is not always supportive, especially at one in seven.
0: They call them them the most toxic fan base in sports.
1: (laughs) One in seven. It would have been so easy to pack it up and then to to even put, you're right, if they win the next two, it's definitely more impressive. So you're right. Maybe we have to hold judgment. But – just to be in this situation, think about if I had told you this after week eight to say, "Hey, going into the New Year's weekend, you are, are going to be you are looking at the playoffs." Not only that, you're the number seven
0: seed right now. Yeah,
1: you would have thought. You would have thought, dude, well, you are well, here's, off your rocker. Here
0: is thing. thing first. First of all, I mean, let's just stop talking about quarterbacks. Let's just give props to these two defenses because true them turning it around and showing up in both being elite units are why these teams are in this position in the first place. Chiefs turned their defense around like they're they're nobody. I, I don't think pe- people really want to play the Chiefs defense and have to stop that offense in the playoff game. And then the Dolphins defense. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we've been doing this since last year. and We kind of started off slow or we weren't finishing games. But now it's just complete like the defense is dominant from beginning to end. So it's really the defenses. But I mean, I, I just still have to go with the Chiefs. I mean, they were under so much pressure, like people were saying. They were done like nobody expected the Dolphins to be good because most people around the country don't believe in Tua. So that's
1: why it's more impressive.
0: It's it's always easier that we're winning, though. It's the defense.
1: But but we're not asking which quarterbacks more impressive. We're just saying what what has been more impressive to this point? Going three and four to eleven and four, one and seven to eight and seven, and on the verge of a playoff. And your name's the Miami Dolphins.
0: So you're so so. Let's so we'll just do this. You say the Dolphins, I say the Chiefs. But I say in two weeks, if if we go two and no it's the Dolphins for sure.
1: Okay, but the thing is, you wanted to ask this question now, JT. Yeah, I question. think it's the
0: Chiefs because so I'm answering look at who they beat. I'm like, this is insane. Oh, like,
1: I'm glad you brought that up. You did beat the Buffalo Bills in this stretch. Hmm. You beat the Buffalo Bills during this uh seven game winning streak. That's pretty good.
0: I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not impressive. I mean, of course, it's Buffalo. I mean, we we usually always play them tough. It's like we always play the Patriots tough and we beat them too. But I I just look at what the what the the structure of this win streak is built on. It's built on backup quarterbacks. So as much as I love it as a Dolphins fan, because a win is a win, is a win, is a win. I mean. I mean, can we really how impressive can we say? Like, it's Ian Book. Like, you watched the Monday night game, <laughs> like it like he shouldn't be on the field. Like, he might be, he might be, you know, going back to whatever job he had before, like he might be an attorney or something, like you know, it might be selling insurance. Like that was Nathan Peterman bad. So we'll see what happens. But I'm just giving the, the slight edge right now to the Chiefs. But I know you really want to talk about this next topic. Can we talk about some Kyrie Irving? No, that is definitely you because you have him on your fantasy team. <laughs> oh, I forgot. He's been sitting on the bench so long. <laughs> but, yeah, so last week it was reported that the Nets have backed off their stance that Kyrie Irving would be allowed to participate and uh, be a part-time player. Would not be allowed. They backed would off of that. not be allowed. Right. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, he would be considered a part-time player because according to New York City COVID laws, he would not be allowed to play home games. He would be able to practice with the team and play row games, of course. So, Don, do you feel that the Nets caved and did Kyrie win his standoff with them by not being vaccinated?
1: I don't think the Nets caved because I think the spread of COVID. What? Uh, what? Let me, can I, man, you, you've been jumping and cutting me off all, all show.
0: Up, you say, I say, I say some crazy shit. Like, what? Can what? I
1: explain it? They did not cave because... I think the spread of COVID among all teams was the main reason. If COVID in terms of this past two weeks, if it did not destroy the roster numbers of NBA teams, then I would have said, yes, they did Kate. But JT, think about it. They're now allowing all sorts of hardship exemptions to rosters. 10-day they're, contracts. they're allowing like 10 day car. Con- I mean, Isaiah Thomas went, 10-day contract with the Lakers to now, nice like, the, the, Mavs, Ma- right? the Mavericks. Right. I didn't even, like, wait, when did your 10-day contract end with the Lakers? So, teams need bodies. It's, it's that simple. Like, and even if it's only for road games, they need bodies, especially the Nets right now. I mean, they had, I forget the guy, I think – um guys that they brought up are now also in covid. So they need guys to replace the G League players. Like covid has forced this. I do believe the Nets had no plans on bringing him back, but these cir- circumstances dictated this. And think about this. They're 23 and 9 JT in first place. That is why they didn't cave. If they were 9 and 23, I'd agree with you and said, "Yeah, they caved like they're losing." They're in first. Durant's coming back. He is now off the IR slash COVID list. Like. They did not need him until these past two weeks where the amount of positive tests. Yeah, the amount of positive tests in the NBA, it was just out of control.
0: Well, here's the thing i you bring a really good point because that's obviously you know running rampant through the nba right now and you know f- funny thing about like how if you want to know how bad COVID is really going through the nba two things one thing has happened and one thing has not happened one joe johnson got called up <laughs> for game accident iso joe like he's got to be what like 45 like he old he's he's like, in his 40s to- now yeah you know what i'm saying but like
1: Hey, he Joe stayed in J- shape with playing in the Big Three, though.
0: Yeah, he's he literally like the Big Three, like helped me get us another shot in the NBA. But I'm like, Joe Johnson is getting called up to the NBA. That's how bad COVID is. On the other hand, it's so bad that like Jello Ball hasn't even got called up, like from the G League. Like that's how that I I want to believe that Jello Ball is gonna play and Lavar can have his whole dream with the three sons playing the NBA. But like, if Jello Ball can't get called up on a 10-day contract in these situations, like, he just might have to go, you know, take the insurance route. So, with that being said, you bring up a good point about um, that's why they probably brought him back was they do need bodies. I'm going to say I almost wish the Nets would hire you as their PR person because that would be the exact right answer they should say if somebody asked me right now, oh, you, you know you had this hard stance on Kyrie not coming back. Why did you keep – well, we didn't cave because, you know, we need bodies and, you know, COVID's running through the NBA. That would be a perfect, perfect answer for right now. But you know the Nets aren't playing for right now. They know that if they want to win a championship, they can't win it without Kyrie. And you saw that last year, and you're seeing it this year. And I think the main reason why they caved, in my opinion, is James Harden is not the same player they signed up for when they got him from Houston. You saw it a little bit last year. But it's more evident this year, like he's declining a little bit and his efficiency has gone way down. Like if you look at his role and the volume that that he has now on the nets, like it's not the same. And then you throw into how like the NBA is officiating the foul calls. Like it's not just affecting him, like guys like Trey Young, like it's affecting everybody that plays that style around the league and you know lives off the free throw attempts like look at his numbers lowest field goal percentage since his rookie year lowest free throw attempts since he left okc in 2012 he's shooting the lowest percentage from three point ever in his career and he's a clear number three behind kd and a healthy Kyrie. and like i said you saw what happened to them last season with just those two guys and they couldn't get past the bucks and like the Nets are like, look, we went all in on the situation. The window for these guys to perform at this level is is only going to get smaller. We got to make a deal with the devil and see what we can get out of it.
1: But if that was the case, and you bring up some good points, but if that was the case, JT, don't you think they would have waited till All-Star break after the All-Star break? No. Because that still would give them – that would still give them three months, yeah, right, March, I, I, April, I, I... and then that playoffs.
0: Yeah, right? I see – I They're bringing that, it early, and I think the
1: reason really is, hey, we need guys.
0: But I think also they need this guy, and I think well, they gotta course. get him back in. The, I mean, they gotta a, get him back in the building. A, they gotta get all-star. him in shape. But also, th- also too, I think two things behind the scenes. One, I think KD is like, look, like y'all need to get him back in here because this is what I came for. Like, if you want me to stay here long term, get him back in here. But also too, I think you need to get. If I could be wrong about this, but if I was the owner of the Nets, like. This is what I would want to do. Like, hey, at some point we got to get him in here and see what mental space he's in. Because our whole whole thought process from the outside is, you know what? Like, like, will will COVID be the only thing that derails Kyrie from from not helping us win a championship? Yeah, that's true. But it also could be his mental space. Like, I need to get him in this building and see where he is, like, mental-wise. Like, are you are you mentally all locked in? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you ready to come back and help us win? Because you know, like, once Kyrie physically goes off the reservation, like, he might not come back. He might want to go to birthday parties. He might want to go, you know, kick it with Kalani and try to get her back. Like, you don't know what he's going to do. So I need him in-house, around his buddies, and we need to see what kind of mental space he's in, along with making sure his physical is up. So, like, yeah, I do but think see, he gave.
1: But, see, wouldn't you have rather have had less time, meaning – Nope, less, I want to get – well. No, get no, 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 no. Less time to, to the – be- Listen, listen if he comes in right after the all-star game which is usually mid to late february you'd still have end of february march and april you'd you'd have two and a half months that's plenty of time to see where he's at with his mental space as, as you say it but that's then less time for things to go off the rails he could come back great and then come february march things could go off the rails again
0: it's like it's like it's like that child or that friend you don't trust like I don't want them out there making decisions by themselves. i rather have them insulated with the buddies that they trust who are a little bit more responsible. So like, come back to the team, let's get them happy. Let's get him in. Like he loves basketball. Don't get, don't get it twisted. Like get him playing ball, get him happy to play with his buddies, Katie and, and and Durant and some of the other guys. Like, I think if I were the owner of the team, I'd feel safer about my investment if he was in, if he was where I could see him, but it all comes down to this. And I think you'll agree will they be able to win a championship without him playing any home games?
1: Listen, they're already 23 and nine and in first place. Do I think they can win a title and this will help them? Of course. Now, will they win a championship? I do think it increases their odds, even with him only playing road games and it will be tough, but you need all three of those guys to be on the same page. If they are, I do think they can win a championship. And this is the thing. JT, when they get to the playoffs, you know that's all they need to do? They need to just make sure they win all their road games.
0: Oh, cuz that's always so easy. And, the, and those are the playing, only ones he can play. And that's playing that, exactly that's, into, that's playing exactly what I was saying. What actually, I take it back. Like, hold on. Hold on. I take it
1: back. I take it back. Take it back. That that's all they need to do is win their home games. If they win their home games, Whether he plays on the road or not doesn't matter anymore because they're going to have home court. If they're going to have all four games at home, that's all they got to do is take care of home court.
0: Well, well, I agree with you 100%. Home court advantage for this team is more important than ever, which is why, another reason why, if I were the owner of the Nets, I would bring him back because I need to make sure I get home court.
1: Or – or should it be the other way? Should they get the lower seat so he can play in more road games and then no, you only got to no, win no, one game no, at because home? because
0: regardless of who's on who's on the team, like you feel the biggest advantage is when you play at home. But like you need that knowing that you're only going to have at max three shots of him on the road and you hope he's healthy for all of them. So like let's say he doesn't come – let's say he didn't come back in the regular season or after the all-star break like you said, they lose home court advantage. You know what I'm saying? And then like – Let's say Kyrie gets hurt before the playoffs. Now you're stuck playing four road games yeah. without this guy when you could have had four home games and three of Kyrie on the road. Like, I, well, you, just, you just have to you, get him in the building. This is why, like, they're not – my answer is no. I don't think they can win a championship with him playing only road games because they're not the best team in basketball when it's just two of the three. Like, they're not. Like, I don't know if they beat the Bucs this year without with, without Kyrie. I don't know that.
1: I, I want to make a I want to make a point and then I have a question for you. My point is you go back to they caved right now. But isn't there also that issue? Hmm, we've now have five months left of the season. We know Kyrie's injury prone. You bring him back now, JT. You just said it yourself. Bear, he could get point. injured. There's bear way point, more games. Point, and point. then my question to you is would you would you rather have you're playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Championship? Would you rather uh, – there's no right answer. I just want to know how you
0: would, how you answer it. How I would run my team.
1: Yep. Would you rather have game seven on the road in Milwaukee with Kyrie or would you rather have game seven at home against the Bucs but obviously no Kyrie because it's in New York?
0: I'd rather have it at home because on the road oh, okay. anything can happen. Okay. I mean, obviously I want Kyrie, but, I mean, I want the home court. Like, that's why people play for it. It's important. I-
1: I, I think I'd be the opposite. I want my best players on the court. We'll, we'll show up anytime anywhere. Anytime
0: anytime sit anywhere. Sit him, sit him. Sit him but I want
1: him. my best. He's my, he's one of my best players. I'm saying I want my best players on the court. If that's going on the road, if that's going overseas, if we got play at midnight, roll the ball out, I want my best players on the if court. We got to
0: play at the Maui Invitational, you still want him, doesn't matter. All right. I, cool. I
1: I want my best players on the court. If he's one of my best players, starting five, I want him there forget
0: the home court all right cool cool all right so (laughs) why are you laughing I don't because this is an ass backwards argument he should he should just get he should just get it together be all in and play all the games we're like this is like fantasy football it's like oh like if I lose to this person you know will I match up with this person in the first round like like that's crazy that you you don't want them to get the first seed so they can get more road games so he can play that gives a better shot to win. This is like an ass backwards things. Strategy, strategy,
1: that's crazy. Bro. Strategy, bro. All right. So let's go to weekend predictions. We haven't done them in a while. So I'm excited because there's some really good games. JT. You know how we do it. I'll give you the game. You don't really need to give an explanation. You can just give a team. All right. Let's start with the semifinals college football playoffs. Cincinnati. This is the 330 game. Cincinnati versus Alabama. Who you got?
0: I love my Cinderella pick, but it stops now. It's Bama. Ooh, I agree. I agree. Sorry
1: to our guy, Kendall. We've, we've had him love on you, the man, show. But we do. I, we do. I, but I think
0: deep down he can admit that he's not feeling too confident about this game.
1: We'll see. We'll see.
0: All right. The nightcap game, Michigan versus Georgia. Who you got? I think it's Georgia because – Georgia. I mean, I think it's Michigan because Georgia doesn't have the quarterback as usual.
1: I was about to say all year you've been telling me and Coach Cassidy, hey,
0: Georgia, they're going to do what Georgia does. Georgia does Georgia things. They did it. They did it. And they're (laughs) going to do it again.
1: I've got Michigan as well. So we agree on both of those. All right. Rams. Let's go to the NFL. A lot of big games here. Playoff implications, JT. Rams at Ravens. Who you got? Lamar possibly can be back.
0: Lamar's not playing. i seen his practice video this week. No way he plays in the NFL game this week. So I got the Rams. Really? Yeah, it's bad limping. And they wow. just activated Huntley off the COVID list. So I know it's the cross-country game, but Ravens secondary, horrible. Matthew Stafford needs a get-right game, and I don't think Lamar plays.
1: You know, I thought Lamar would play. You have me worried about my pick. But you know what? And you know how much I love Sean McVay, the Rams, Stafford. But this is that game count out the ravens but they're on the verge of playoffs they make it happen i'm gonna go baltimore even though i'd love to see them lose that's why i wore the hat because i knew you'd pick them (laughs) yeah right chiefs at Bengals. chiefs i think
0: their win streak's more impressive Bengals are coming off that emotional like super bowl win for them i think they're going to be humbled this week
1: i got chiefs as well big one for your team or your so-called
0: team, even though I never see you wear any of their, their gear. Dolphins at Titans. Battle of the ugliest offenses. I think the Dolphins are going to do it. Wow, I've got Titans. This is a Titans need this one for the division. Raiders at Colts.
1: Colts. Colts. You know why? Because Carson Wentz is going to play. <laughs> they've got and the Darius league. Leonard's back. They've, no, they've got the league MVP, Jonathan Taylor. That's why. And then... Okay the last one cardinals at cowboys
0: i think it's the cowboys it's me a home too. game for them cardinals are struggling me too
1: well we, so we've got most of the same picks we disagreed on two of them so we will we will see who is right on the next you're, are episode. you forgetting one
0: what game am i missing you're missing your game browns at steelers are ah. oh, you scared you scared to ask ah. about that? That wasn't on the list. You want to do
1: it, we'll pick it. Browns at Steelers. It's on my
0: list. It's on the list you sent me.
1: Oh, mine must have got cut off. See, you're yeah, already he, you're he, sabotaging. He how he feels you're
0: sabotaging the, the script. I'm not, but here's the thing. If you don't have to answer, but if you want to know, I did pick your Steelers. This is Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field, and it's a so must night says, game. So this he says This is This is his Kobe game. He says signs are pointing toward that. He just can't give it up. He's always got to be in the media. His body about he? to give it up. So, it's the Steelers. Steelers I, will beat the Browns on Monday night football.
1: I'm going to go Steelers. This is the revenge game from last playoff where the Steelers. Well, he absol- cried on the bench. Absolutely embarrassed. Steelers get this one at home Monday night. I'm going to oh, go. That's with-
0: the, so, so the Browns is the Browns.
1: No. I'm, I'm saying Steelers. That's, that's
0: that's that's what they, that's why you guys lost the playoff game last year. Talking too much. You guys are quiet this year. See, so I think you'll win this game. Oh, OK.
1: All right. I like that. So let's go to everyone's favorite segment. Yo, this ha-
0: this section has to be dead after this show. Like, why nah, This, bring is, this back? We're,
1: we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back trivia time. Trivia time. Come on. All right. I've got so three good. questions for you. Times. I've got three questions for you. Let's first start NFL. Only two players have thrown a TD to a running back, a receiver, a tight end, and an O lineman in the same game. Who are those two quarterbacks? One happened really, really recently.
0: So basically, all the all the skill position players and on an offensive lineman. Correct. Is Joe Burrow? Nope. I mean he threw the most touchdowns last week. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think who who had the big boy touchdowns recently. I know that Philly had one. I know it's not him. Um there was another one. Um yes, there was. Who threw the big boy touchdown? I missed it too. It was um, just last week. I know. Damn. Is is one of them Peyton Manning? Nope.
1: You're you're in that right time frame, but it's not Peyton Manning. Tom Brady. Nope. Still right in that time frame, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s quarterback. Think of, think of the great ones in that time, late 90s, early 2000s. Besides Peyton, there was really only one more that was like unbelievable at that time. I'll
0: say there, Kurt Warner.
1: There you go. Kurt Warner is one of them.
0: Kurt Warner and um. – All right, I got to put a countdown on you. Five,
1: four, three – Two, one, <sighs> Dak. Dak. Dak Prescott. He just, oh, did, it's just it's yeah, he did Sunday, Sunday night.
0: They just, they just lit up the, the, the Washington <laughs> football team. I was, trying to think who, I was trying to think who just lit up somebody. that I didn't even watch that game. I just watched it on, on the cast. I was like, that game was embarrassing. I assumed he sat down after the second quarter.
1: All right, college trivia now. With the bowl game victory in the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, Dabo has the third most wins in his first 15 seasons as a head coach. All right, a so stat? in the first 15 seasons, he ranks. First of all,
0: who coaches 15 seasons?
1: Like, <laughs> well, that's part of it, right? So, in his first 15 seasons, he's he ranks third in that 15 season category. Who are the top two that have more wins in their first 15 seasons as head coach in college? Joe Paterno? Nope. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. They're late 90s and on. So none of none of the old times. No Bear Bryant stuff. No Bear Bryant. No Paterno. Um
0: well Nick Saban got to be in there then. He is not. Ooh. Most wins. How many wins does Dabo have in his first 15 seasons? Uh I'm not hundred percent sure now. It is probably around
1: 150.
0: So is Urban Meyer in there?
1: Urban Meyer is one of them. Okay,
0: yep. so Urban Meyer, and then I gotta go with said nine, uh, late '90s on. So if it's Urban Meyer um, and Dabo's at three, I say who else would be in there? I feel like this is a trick question. Um, I'll give you a trick hint. No, yeah, what? He
1: is as of last night is currently a coach. Oh. Is this Mac Brown? Nope. Oh damn! As of last night, is currently a coach, but I highly doubt whoever coached another college game again.
0: Who's somebody old? Um, who, who coached last night? Did you not watch any of the games? I didn't watch the game. Right. I don't watch. I don't want to watch any game that Clemson plays. Bob Stoops. Oh, oh, that's tricky. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got you. All right.
1: Last one, only three teams have had 11 or more consecutive years of 10 or more wins. Who are those three teams? Ohio State? Nope.
0: Ooh. I
1: mean, one's pretty obvious, right? It's Bama.
0: That's one. I think the second one's pretty obvious, too. Can't be Clemson because they haven't been doing it that long. It is. They just just did it this season. Okay, Clemson. Now the third one's tricky. This is so so ten or more years of no no eleven or more of ten plus. Yep, ten plus. Um, I would say because I'm assuming this one's older,
1: Uh, A a, a little bit older, still within our our time frame. I'm gonna FSU. There you go. Look at right, you. You've go. got him better at this game. There we go. You, you've got him better. You. Oh, we're gonna bring it back. You, you've gotten, you've got him. You've got him better. You've got him. Nah. Fans love it at home. They love to see you squirm and no. You just like to be and, like,
0: see, this is the shit I got to deal with. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. So, JT, our New Year's resolution to our listeners is to have a more consistent schedule. Go back to the old schedule of trying to get an episode a week out there. We're gonna try we our will. best. That's our New Year's resolution, all right, to our fans, our loyal fans. And as we wrap up this episode, to our listeners, have a safe, healthy, and prosperous New Year from both of us, JT and myself. And thank you, as always, for listening and subscribing. We wouldn't do this show without you guys, our wonderful listeners. And as a reminder, if you have not done so already, remember to subscribe to us on Apple Uh, podcast google podcast spotify iheart radio app and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts and remember if you like what we do leave us a five-star review and jt
0: if you don't like what we do
1: leave us a five-star review and remember to please follow us on social media our handle jt and the don you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook so jt fun episode as always good stuff happy new year to you and your family to you i'm excited to see what the show uh brings in 2022 but man great job until the next episode see
0: you peace